morning. What a blessing uh, and what an honor it is to be able to stand back in front of you this morning. It seems like I've been off for a while. I mean, I feel good though. James said I look good, so I feel like I'm doing all right. Um, no, but I'm, I'm so thankful for the break that I had, uh, and I am excited to be back. I'm excited about this lesson. Uh, Seth uh, did such a good job last week that I'm going to do a two-part lesson too, since I heard all these great comments as, he was leave, as everybody was leaving. He kept getting great comments on his lesson, so I figured if I could do a two-part, maybe I could... No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> um... I do. This is a two-part lesson, and it's going to, I want to kind of dive into this a little bit this morning. Uh, I want to talk about uh, the denial of Christ uh, from Peter. Peter, when he denied Christ, was a hard time in his life. Uh, If you would, turn me to Luke chapter 22, verses 54 through... 62 is where we'll be this morning. And I'd like for us to consider this denial of Christ in maybe not a necessarily different way, but I want you to just have open ears and open hearts to this lesson. And I really want you to look into the in-depth of this. uh, Because really it is... Uh, something that is <clears throat> needs to be taken into careful consideration for us as Christians. Let's read it. Having arrested him, they led him and brought him into the high priest's house. But Peter followed at a distance. Now when they had kindled a fire in the midst of the courtyard and sat down together, Peter said among them, And a certain servant girl, seeing him, as he had sat by the fire, looked intently at him and said, This man was also with him. But he denied him, saying, Woman, I do not know him. And after a little while, another saw him and said, You also are of them. But Peter said, Man, I am not. Then after about an hour had passed, another confidently affirmed, saying, Surely this fellow was This fellow also was with him, for he is a Galilean. But Peter said, Man, I do not know what you are saying. Immediately while he was still speaking, the rooster crowed, and the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept. Bitterly. This morning I'd like for us to consider the thought of being overconfident. Overconfident means to be too confident in something. Some synonyms that go with the thought of overconfident uh, is brash or arrogant or reckless or heedless. My favorite football team, the Oklahoma Sooners, is a prime example of what it means to be overconfident. 
many years of me growing up watching them play, this is something that stands out as a characteristic above all others from them. Whether it's a big game or a game that they should definitely win, what happens so many times is they become overconfident. And you can see it when the game comes on. They can, you see it in the way that they move around. You can see it in their enthusiasm. You can tell they haven't practiced hard. You can tell that they don't understand the other team's plays because they're constantly calling time out because they're not in the right position. Over and over again you can see it and what happens is at the end of the game or close to the end of the game, it's probably a blowout because of the mistakes that they've made. They become angry and they do silly things. They get frustrated and make more and more mistakes. Now, as I talk about this this morning, I do not want us to get confused with me talking against being confident. Because confident is something that we have to be as Christians. Amen? In order for us to be a Christian and to be successful... In anything that we do, we must absolutely be confident. Hebrews 4, 15-16 says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help, in time of need. We as Christians have been given the command to come boldly or with confidence to the throne of grace when we are praying and asking for things. Because Jesus, who has been tempted in every way, understands us. Isn't that beautiful? He understands us and is ready to hear us and help us. But what I want us to consider is different. It's a kind of confidence uh, that's very dangerous for a Christian. Because if you let this consume you, guess what? It will destroy you. The verse I'd like for us to consider and maybe use this week, brethren, use this verse this week, is 1 Corinthians 10.12, which says, Therefore... Let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. We've got to be careful to not be overconfident and make sure we take heed in spiritual situations and in our spiritual life, lest we fall. To take heed means to behold or beware or to perceive, or to see with sight, watching. So as we begin to look at Peter, let's see why being overconfident is something that we cannot be as Christians. I'm excited about this lesson. I learned so much from this lesson. I learned so much from Peter. 
Because I know that even though a man fell and even though a man did something that was terrible, guess what? He bounced back. Amen? Thank you for that. Thank you, Lord, for putting that in your word so I could see that. So I can have confidence to know when I fall, I can get back up. But brethren, we also have this story for us to be warned and to take heed and to be aware in our lives that we don't fall into this same trap. When you become spiritually overconfident, we can't hear anybody but ourselves. Think about it. Think about that. Why? Because we already have everything figured out. Or so we think. Leading up to this event, leading up to this denial, Peter several times is told in different accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he is told that he's going to deny Christ, right? And I don't want to have time to look at every single one of them, but if you would turn with me to Matthew chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26. And verse 31 is where we'll start. And not only is he talking to Peter here, he's talking to uh, the other disciples. Let me just set this up, y'all. I'm going to set this up this morning and then I hope that you'll come back this evening for the application part of this uh, because it really is something that we can be encouraged by. Uh, I, I've been praying on this lesson. I've been thinking about this lesson and, and it just is a great thing that we can take as Christians and grow from. Listen to what the Bible says, Matthew 26, 31. Then Jesus said to them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. But after I have been raised, I will go before you to Galilee. And I want you to be careful. I want you to listen carefully to what Peter says. Peter answered and said to him, Even if all are made to stumble because of you, I will never be made to stumble. Jesus said to him, Assuredly, I say to you that this night, before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And Peter said to him, Even if I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And so said all the disciples. Now flip with me to Mark 14. And this is where I want to kind of begin uh, talking about Peter, our brother. (laughs) 14.27, same uh, as Matthew's account, Jesus tells the disciples uh, that they will all be made to stumble. And look at verse 29. Peter said to him, Even if all are made to stumble, yet... I will not be. Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you that today, even this night, before the rooster crows twice, you will deny me three times. But he spoke more vehemently. If I have to die with you, I will not deny you. And they all said, Likewise. 
vehemently. Think about that. He tells him that vehemently, with, with emotion, emphatically, that he will not deny him. And now we have 2020. It's the beauty of God for us. God has given us 2020 vision to see all of this. So, brethren, take heed this morning. We know that this has to play out how it plays out because this is God's will. It couldn't happen any other way. It couldn't go any other way. This is how it goes down. God watched the video of life from the beginning to the end and now He's telling us about it. Do we believe Him? Do we believe what He says and will we apply it to our lives? The Scripture helps us to be thoroughly equipped, amen, for every good work, 2 Timothy 3.17. And we've just read two accounts where Jesus specifically tells Peter that he's going to deny him. And Peter responds with, I will not deny you. Even if these others do, I'm not. He speaks that vehemently with an absolute no doubt I will not deny you. (laughs) Are we looking at a man that is very passionate about following Jesus? Absolutely. Are we also looking at a man uh, that believes in his heart that uh, he will go to any length to make sure uh, Jesus knows that he is all in? Yes. But the problem that Peter has, and he's run into it basically not even meaning to, is he's saying that Jesus is a liar. Think about that. He's saying that Jesus is a liar. Jesus told him what he's about to do, and guess what happens? He says, no, I'm not. He says, nope, there's no way that's going to happen. He couldn't hear Jesus. Peter had become overconfident in himself. And what he was going to do. This is the same Peter that's already said in Matthew 16, 16, You're the Christ. You're the Son of the living God. He also says in John 6, 68, He says, uh, You have the words of eternal life. You have them. I know this. But now He's saying with very strong emotion, Think about this. With very strong emotion... You don't understand what you're saying, Jesus. I would never deny you. Think about the spiritual application for us. Think about us as Christians as we go through life and we receive these warnings from God through His Word. 1 Corinthians 6.18 Flee sexual immorality. 
Every sin that a man does is outside the body. But he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. 2 Timothy 2.22 Flee youthful lusts. Verse 23 of the same uh, chapter. But avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife. We hear from God's word what is right and what's wrong, but do we do just as Peter and not listen? We know it's the truth, but for us to fall victim to it, that's just ludicrous. Don't you know who I am? I'm a Christian. I don't do that stuff. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 10, 12, take heed or pay attention to our life, to our lives, to make sure we are focused on what He says. This is a spiritual discipline. Are we? Or do we just take it for granted? And say, yeah, I'm a Christian. I know what the Bible says to do. I won't fall into that trap. I won't deny you. Really, I love you. I'm good. There's a huge danger with that type of attitude. The reality is we can all fall victim to being overconfident in our lives if we aren't careful. I'm so thankful, though, for Peter. Brethren, we have to be focused on what we are doing in our lives and be careful to not be overconfident as a Christian. Overconfident. We need to be careful that we take heed to every situation in our lives. Because listen to the second point. When we become spiritually overconfident, we forget where our strength comes from. We've isolated ourselves. We're not hearing what he's saying because we got it. And so now we lose the strength. This is beautiful. Turn with me to Matthew 26, verse 40. Matthew 26, verse 40. While you're turning there, I'll kind of get us into the context. Uh, Verse 36 says, Then Jesus came with them to a place called Gethsemane, and He said to the disciples, Sit here while I go and pray over there. And He took with Him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and He began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. And then He said to them, My soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay here and watch with me. And he went a little further, and he fell on his face and prayed, saying, Oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And then verse 40, Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping and said to Peter, What? Could you not watch with me one hour? 
Watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. What just happened? We would say, well, Peter and the disciples were doing what we would probably be doing, sleeping, because guess what? It's late in the night and I'm tired. Verse 43 says, their eyes were heavy. But Jesus is telling them that they need to pray because something big was about to happen, right? Yes, they absolutely don't know what is about to happen. They can't see the future. But guess who can? Think about this. Jesus told Peter that he was going to deny him three times, right? And what was Peter's answer? No, I will not. What if his answer was, I will? How will I do it? Where will I do it? Are you kidding me? Is there anything that I can do to avoid it? Peter had the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and guess what? The Word was God. And guess what else? The Word became flesh and dwelt among these disciples right here. He had the Word face to face with him, telling him, what was going to happen, but he couldn't hear it because he was too overconfident in himself. He loved the Lord. He was missing the point. He had the one who knows all things standing right there at his disposal to ask him. Think about Jesus. Think about this. Think about this. This is beautiful. Whatever Jesus did was perfect. Amen? He knew what was about to happen to him in the garden. And so he goes to the garden and he says, uh, I'm deeply distressed. He was anxious. We're to the point. He knows what's about to come. So what does he do? He goes and prays. He falls on his face. What does the Word of God tell us today to do when we become anxious? Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Peter wasn't anxious because he hadn't listened to the Lord's warning about denying him. He didn't even hear it. No, I won't do that. What are you talking about? That's silly. <laughs> so he didn't understand the importance of praying at that time when he was sleepy. He wasn't taking heed to his life. He was good. 
He didn't realize just around the corner the attack was coming from to not only Jesus, but to him also. Jesus gives them the way to be ready. But they miss it. Why? Because he was overconfident. Jesus warns him twice in this area right here. Don't listen. Because I'm good. I'm tired. It's okay. I got you. I'll protect you. Don't worry about it. I'll die. Even if I, even if I die, I'll be with you. I ain't going to deny you. Do we do that? Do we say we're so Christian and then when it comes down to it, we're not? Man. It's just like sports. Your coach tells you over and over again that you need to listen. Do what I'm telling you to do. If you will do this, you'll be successful. And then you don't listen. What happens? You get beat. You don't know how to do it, right? You're not successful in what you're doing because you, can't, you ain't listening. And that's the way you have success is by listening to your coach. Jesus in the heat of the moment, knowing what's coming to him, goes to the Father in prayer. And now I'm paraphrasing. He says, I'm anxious. I know the time has come. But I'm focused on doing your will. And I'm going to make sure that your will is done. But I'm coming to you. Peter and the others were asleep. That was knocked out. Jesus had told them in the garden they needed to pray so they wouldn't fall into temptation. So they would be prepared for what was about to happen. At that time they didn't know what was going to happen and then it happened. <laughs> Jesus is about to be arrested. And Peter is about to do what he said he was going to do, right? He was going to protect Jesus. So what does he do? He pulls his sword out. Whack! Chops off the high priest's servant's ear. Chops it off. Was that what the Lord wanted? How could Peter have known what the Lord wanted? He got it, you remember? He knew what he needed to do. He didn't hear. And he lost where his strength come from. So guess where that leaves you? Doing it yourself. Brethren, that's a dangerous area to live in. When we try to do things on our own, you chop Malchus's ear off. That's the type of stuff that happens. Am I going to betray you? Absolutely not, I'm not going to betray you. Think about this though. Peter could have stopped and thought about what Jesus had told him earlier. Now think about this. 
This ain't going to happen. We're not changing scripture. But think about this. When you look at the Bible and you see these situations that come about, what do you try to do? You say, see how they did this? This is what we should have done, and then it would have been right. Amen? We learn from the scriptures to do the right thing. What if he stopped and thought about what Jesus was going to say? What he had said to him earlier. And he says, I'm going to betray you? How am I going to betray you? Give me some specifics. What do I need? Uh, Let me hear it. What can I do to stop it? And so then they would have went to the garden just as Jesus was praying. Guess what? They would have too. You ever tried to go to bed worrying about something? You can't go to sleep. If you're worried about something, it's hard for you to go to sleep and relax, ain't it? Here was Jesus focused and understanding what was coming. He knew that he was going to have to do God's will. What if Peter understood that coming up he was about to deny Christ? But he didn't. Instead he pulls the sword out. Are we so overconfident spiritually that we fall into this same mentality? Do we find ourselves walking with Jesus in our mind, in our thoughts, in our understanding, but then when we have to put it into practice, we don't? We just go back to what we think is the best way? But when it comes to really listening To him, we don't. How did Jesus feel about what Peter did when he pulled that sword out? But Jesus said to him, put your sword in its place. For all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Or do you not think that I cannot now pray to my father and he will provide me with more than 12 legions of angels? You don't think I can deal with this situation? We got the 2020, brethren. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given to us all things that pertain in life to life and godliness. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. When we become spiritually overconfident, we forget where our strength comes from. The B-I-B-L-E. Yes, that's the book for me. Amen? It comes from the Lord and His Word. Jesus said, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. Peter didn't even know what he had standing next to him all those years, really. And in his defense, we probably wouldn't have either. But brethren, we're here today. We know who Jesus Christ is. We know exactly what He's done. We know exactly what He said. Will we be confident in just trusting Him for His Word and what He says and not going out and saying, well, maybe I can... No, brethren. There's no I in this team. It's only Him 
and His way. 1 Corinthians 10.12 Therefore let him who thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. As I close this morning, I I still have two more points uh, of this. And tonight we'll continue talking about it. Learning from uh, Peter and learning how to beat this attitude of being overconfident spiritually. But this morning you may be here and you're struggling spiritually. Maybe just going through the motions. Let me say this. We only have one life to live on this earth. How will we live it? According to His will? Or do we live knowing His will, but live really according to ours? If you need to repent today, you can. If you're here today and you need to obey the gospel, I don't know why you'd wait any longer. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus said, He who believes and is baptized will be saved. Don't you want to be saved? Don't you want to go to heaven and be with the Lord one day? If you need to obey the gospel, if you need to repent, come right now as together we stand and sing.